but it's different when you experience it for yourself. And it's different when you experience those sensations in the body and see the direct correlation between the sensations and parts of the body and the thoughts that arise, the emotions that arise. Welcome to Design to Be Conversation, presented by Design to Be, and hosted by Design to Be founder and CEO, me, Rachel Weissman. Design to Be is a community for designers to grow their emotional intelligence. In this show, I have conversations with design leaders about how investing in their EQ has impacted their design career. This is our 50th episode of Design to Be Conversation. Thank you all so much for your support and extra special thanks to those of you who have been listening since the beginning. Today, we are celebrating by doing something a little bit different. In this episode, I'll be the guest and Jay Neil Dalal will be the host. We will be speaking about my experience with a 10-day silent meditation retreat. So who is Janiel Dalal? He is a product designer and friend born in Gujarat, India, and polished in Dallas, Texas. He is also the host of the Design MBA podcast, where he interviews rock star designers. And as many of you know, I am Rachel Weissman, the founder and CEO of Design to Be and the host of this podcast, Design to Be Conversation. I'm also an emotional intelligence coach, a keynote speaker, as well as a meditation and yoga teacher, and I'm currently based in Venice, California. We dive into what happens when disconnecting from technology entirely and listening to your body to get clarity on your career. Janiel, I'm so excited uh, to dive into this with you today. Um, And... uh, before before we dive in and I hand you the reins, I wanted to provide a bit of color about how we know each other since we are internet friends. Um, but if I I'm, I was trying to remember as we were talking before we we pressed record, either maybe like you reached out to me at one point or what <laughs> I feel like you might remember better than I do. Yeah, I think um, what had happened, I'd reached out to you for doing uh, just a podcast interview on just being centered and 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 just em- like EQ, emotional intelligence. And I believe I just randomly messaged you on LinkedIn and then yeah, we got on a yeah. call and we talked about it and you shared your amazing journey, which was very inspirational. Yeah. Okay. It's, <clears throat> it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. Um, so yeah, I'm going to hand the reins over to you. And as I mentioned, I will be uh, the interviewee. Um, so, Daniel, take it away. How does it feel to be on the other side of the uh, chair? I've I've been on podcasts before, so it's very natural. But it's funny within the context of designed to be conversation to uh, be in the other seat. So I feel like my like interviewer is going to be like, oh, "But what about this? Or what about you?" Uh, but we'll we'll go with it. We'll go with it. <laughs> that is amazing. So you did something really, really amazing that I feel takes a lot of um, mental preparation, a lot of willpower to go through. And so let me get this straight. You spent the past 10 days in a silent retreat where you did not talk to anyone. You tuned into yourself and meditated. Tell me more about it. How was it? 
So when we say 10 days, it was 10 full days in the middle. Um, and it was oh actually God. a total of uh, 12 days um, with wow. nine and a half of those being silent um, for a bit of like context. Um, and I've spoken about this in uh, other other episodes lightly, but uh, outside of wearing the hat of a, like the founder and CEO of Design to Be and being a designer uh, my whole career, um, I'm also a meditation teacher. Um, and this was my second silent retreat. So I did another silent retreat about three years ago. Um, that was eight days. Um, but for, in terms of preparation, this is something that I've been honestly kind of itching to do for quite a while. And uh, believe it or not, maybe it's and people in California would resonate with this. Um, camping in California is really competitive. <laughs> um, it's something that like you need to plan if you want to get that campsite, you need to plan six months in advance. And since <laughs> the pandemic, being silent has become a very <laughs> competitive activity. Uh, so I've applied to go on a uh, what's called a Vipassana retreat. Um, and I've had my eye on doing this specific style of course retreat uh, for quite a while. Um, and I've applied and applied and <laughs> didn't get accepted and didn't get accepted. And finally, this time around, and it kind of felt like the 11th hour with Design to Be, where there's so much that we have in store for this coming year. And it really wouldn't be acceptable for <laughs> the CEO to be like, okay, bye. I'm going to be completely offline for, <laughs> for 12 days. Um, so I got accepted in early uh, December. Um, and there I went. So the center was outside of Yosemite in California. Um, and yeah, we can dive into to more details, but uh, not as much since I had that previous experience and it was uh, something I was longing to do for quite some time. There wasn't this, okay, now I got to do this. and Okay. I got to prepare like this. Um, I was ready. <laughs> well, when you say offline, you're saying like I went offline for 12 days. Help me understand this. Meaning offline, you don't have any social media. So for the 12 days, you didn't go on Twitter or or Instagram or anything. None of that, right? Like no social media, none, like basically no access to your devices, right? Correct. So I, I, two, two things with that. So at a more macro level, I was, um, and I'll give more context into using the word craving, and I've been trying to remove it from my vernacular since, since, the, since the course. Um, but I've, I was itching to take a break from creating content. Um, and actually, early in January, I took a break from um, Instagram and was offline from Instagram for close to a month. Um, but during wow. the, but yeah, it, it felt, I, I recommend, I recommend. Um, it felt really nice. And I, and I post quite regularly. Um, Why does it feel nice? My, I was, one, I have a I have a high standard for the imagery that I create. I really enjoy uh, creating beautiful images, um, and I really enjoy writing, um, and I really enjoy sharing what I learn with other people. So Instagram is a nice mesh mesh of a bunch of things that I love. Um, but I was I kind of got to this point of checking in of I was I didn't find as much joy in the platform, um, and I was tired of. 
keeping up with uh, taking pictures and thinking of these inspirational captions or just sharing what I was learning. And it kind of felt like I was pouring from an empty cup. Um, and I was scared to take a break. <laughs> I was like, what if I lose followers? Or like, what if like I end up hating it when I'm back? Or like all these like, what ifs, what ifs, what ifs? Um, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do it. Uh, so I took a break the beginning of the month. Um, and then, of course, during the time of the course, the retreat, um, you have to turn in your phone. Uh, so you get there, you sign in, and they say, okay, do you have any valuables like your phone? Like your phone. That's hard. Like your phone. And I'm like, but it can go in the car. <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're like, but like your phone. Uh, and so when you turn in your phone, you put it in this locker and then they lock all these lockers. So you don't have any access to it. Um, the not being connected in any way, it, it felt so nice. Um, there wasn't ever a part of me that was longing for that tweet or longing for that extra scroll. Um, I think because more at a macro level, I was really um, feeling this itch and feeling this need of turning inwards and uh, was and could feel I've I've experienced burnout before and I knew that if I had just powered through I would be okay because I do take care of myself in many other ways but having this break of creating uh really really allowed myself to refill up my cup it's a very different approach you've taken cuz media, social media would like you to just plow through, like just work through it, grind, oh, yeah. grind. Oh yeah. Um, oh, like who cares about burnout? But you instead chose to take a break, listen to your body. And you said something very powerful, like tune inwards. A question that I have in my mind, like you went even the next mile, like for 10 days, you were literally just meditating, listening to your own thoughts not talking to anyone, not checking into any kind of like, you don't even have your phone with you. Mm -hmm. You are there with your own thoughts for 10 days. Like no one to talk to. The your, first your question party. is, yeah, how do you not go crazy? Like, like, what is that experience <laughs> like? Like you're just listening to yourself. Like it's just like you're, you and your, your voice in your head or how many voices there are in their head. Yeah, it's a whole party in there. Um, yeah, you definitely go, you definitely uh, spurts of craziness. Um, what, I, what I will say is, even though it is, uh, completely silent there it did feel a little social and i realized that that is bias coming from a previous silent retreat um but there if you did have a question you could ask the assistant teacher um so say you really did want to talk every day you could go up to that assistant teacher and just make sure that you had sounds coming out of your mouth <laughs> um and just to make sure i think honestly for liability reasons uh we did meet with the assistant teachers in small groups every other day of like, okay, uh, how's everyone doing? Um, but honestly, the, the silence and being with my own thoughts, just given I've been meditating daily for about six years and on wow. and, and on and, and then before that on and off when I was trying to get a daily practice for two years before that. So I'm okay with the silence. Uh, for me, more so the difficulty was sitting and meditating for 12 plus hours a day. Um, 
my body was in extreme pain. <laughs> um, I bet. And and we'll we'll dive into this, but a, a core part of uh, the technique of vipassana is being with the sensations in your body. Um, and so I have some uh, sciatic nerve uh, troubles, um, and it was quite acting up. Um, and it was this practice of being with this sharp sensation um, and viewing it just simply as a sensation that arises and passes. And it's no better than when I get those like nice tingly sensations all over my body that I'm not grasping to in any way. Um, but in terms of the going back to what, what you're uh, asking, I think because I've sp- spent so much time already meditating, um, I was okay with the, the being with myself, but it also helped with the retreat center being right outside Yosemite. So there were trees um, and it was a beautiful surrounding area as well, even though we were meditating inside the whole time. Something, and I'm going to be very candid with you in this. Um, I'm not going to name people, but I do have a lot of folks who are designer friends. And in candid conversations that I've had with them, and a lot of times I'm guilty of this too, so I am by no means excluded from this. Yeah. There's so many times where we want to run away from a moment. Like if in this moment I'm not enjoying, oh, let me check my phone. Let me see something interesting on Twitter. Oh, I'm not having fun. Let me eat this. Let me work on this. Let me join this company because it will, it will basically make me feel for the moment like I've achieved something. And it's this, instead of being in that moment, we are running away and chasing some other kind of high. Mm. And the reason I ask you this question is I'm kind of curious to know after doing this silent retreat, after the 10 to 12 days you came out, did you notice any difference in the way you're looking at things? Simple day-to-day stuff. Uh, maybe things bothered you less, more. What was that like for you? Yeah. So, um, so many things. I feel the most, and I can even tell in the way that I speak, um, like I talk a little slower. And I know that like as I continue to like integrate and all of that, I will it'll come back and I'll talk really fast and blah, 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 whatever. Um, but I do feel much more grounded in myself. Um, I don't know. The, the image I've had in my mind forever is I feel like as I have continued to grow in adulthood um, and settle more into myself, I get this like image of like I'm putting on this like Wonder Woman suit. And at first, like the suit like doesn't totally fit. And I'm like trying to get the foot on and I'm like trying to get it over my shoulder. And it just like doesn't fit. And I'm like, Ugh. but the more that I tune inwards and understand myself, it's like, ooh, really fits nice. Um, and uh, it feels like upon doing this latest retreat, um, one, I feel just very grounded in myself and clear of my mission and purpose and uh, how I, how I want to move forward. Um, but also interpersonally, given a core aspect of Vipassana is viewing all sensation simply as things that arise and pass. Um, and when we start with sensations in the body, um, that's really going to the depth and root of, of the mind. 
And so often say, say, okay, so say you're in a design crit and someone says something that's kind of like really rips apart your design. <laughs> um, likely you'll get some sensation in the body, um, whether you're aware of that or not. Maybe it's like a little, your hands start to get clammy. Yeah. Like just shout, shut up. Don't do this to my design. Yeah. Um, maybe you might get some pit in your stomach, wh whatever it might be. But if you don't have, oftentimes we might not even be aware of those sensations. Um, <clears throat> but if the sensation is so intense and we don't, aren't able to manage them, oftentimes that sensation can evoke uh, a thought, emotion, or behavior. And the behavior could be, shut up, don't say that, don't say that about my design or what, whatever it may be, whatever it may be. Um, so what I've really seen for me, and I didn't, in terms of work and interpersonal relationships in the workplace, um, I've felt very good about allowing people to show up however as they are and not judging for, for quite a while, which is why I'm like doing all this stuff with, with design to be and emotional intelligence. And, um, here we are. Um, I'd say more on the, the personal front. So people who are really, really, really close to me in my life, I've seen a direct correlation, at least for me of the amount that I care about someone and the amount that, uh, like the judgment or expectations of, oh, but I want this person to do this or, uh, um, and with that increased amount of care for them, um, it, for me, it resulted in more, uh, judgment, more expectations of wanting them to fit in certain ways. So bringing this back to this retreat and what I've seen is every, However, anyone is showing up, it's a reflection of their own inner world. Um, and it's easy for us to point the finger at others and be like, Jay Neal's making me feel like this because he's asking me these questions. Um, but when in actuality, we have complete, I guess I could say control over how we respond in each situation, um, whether with awareness and with equanimity when we're able to build those muscles. Um, so that is so powerful. Like when you just said those lines that we have the power to choose how we react to these external events. It's almost like as a designer, let's say I didn't get promoted. Let's say my design did not make it in the final version of the product. Maybe, um, the project that I'm getting put on, it's not the most exciting project. It doesn't satisfy me. But if I get this correctly, what you're saying is, despite these external events that are happening, we can choose to tune in inwards and choose what kind of reaction we want to give to that. An interesting part of uh, Vipassana, and it's been a, a, I'd say like inspirational aspect that I want to weave in for building design to be. Um, but a big thing that they talk about is the difference between uh, intellectualizing and experiencing. 
So I've known that like we're a reflection of our inner world and we can choose our own happiness. And like, I feel like everyone sees that, like all you read all that all over Twitter, you read that all, all on Instagram and like, choose your happiness and meh, 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 meh. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm trying. Um, but it's different when you experience it for yourself. And it's different when you experience those sensations in the body and see the direct correlation between the sensations and parts of the body and the thoughts that arise, the emotions that arise, um, and providing yourself the opportunity to simply be aware of it. Um, and that and experiencing it for yourself really allows you to make that behavior change rather than intellectualizing it. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. And then you're like, no, <laughs> no, it's true. Like, I remember the, one of the tenets of Vipassana was like, you have to experience the truth for yourself. Like, you know, people are listening in um, to this show right now and they might be like, oh, this sounds really good on paper. But what you're saying is that you have to go out of your way to practice that. So like you are many miles ahead in that journey where you have gone to Vipassana, you, you are a meditation teacher, coach, you've done this for six years, but what baby steps can people take if they're listening to this right now? What is like the smallest baby step people can take in this journey? Yeah. So one thing that we do at uh, design to be that I is so simple, but I really seen a shift um, in the way that we interact during meetings, um, is we start each meeting with three mindful breaths. That's it. So if someone wants to incorporate any kind of mindfulness, which if you're triggered by that word, simply it's bringing awareness to the moment and not judging what you're experiencing. Um, a great way to do that is through your breath because it's something that is constant. Um, so either you could take three deep breaths, which is kind of more controlling the experience, but is a great way to calm the nervous system. Or you could simply be aware of your breath. Something that I've also recommended to people is before you open your laptop for the day, take three deep breaths. When you close your laptop for the day, take three deep breaths. And everyone has time to take three deep breaths. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> like no, no matter what, if you have five kids, three dogs, <laughs> um, your parents live with you, uh, what, whatever it may be, um, everyone has time to take at least a few, a few deep breaths. Um, and then of course there, you could start a meditation practice and, um, doing an extended retreat. Um, while yes, there were certain people, um, on the retreat where it was, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. It was like their first, it was like they were, they just started meditating like last month. Um, and they did a 10, day, a 10, 12 day retreat. Um, but good for them. Uh, but there's a lot of different ways to go about, uh, tuning in. And, uh, in this case, we're talking about being, developing that muscle to be with what is. And this whole muscle, I would say, is just like not only being centered, but it also working a lot on the emotional intelligence. And for creative folks, for designers, how do you think just being mindful and tuning into yourself can potentially help with burnout, um, 
creative unsatisfaction of even if that's even a word with the careers that they're going through like okay. oh i'm just not happy where i am um i'm not getting the recognition i don't even know what i'm doing in my career how do you think like meditation tuning inwards and emotional intelligence can help uh creatives or designers with that i'll speak to the creativity piece first um Ever since I started meditating daily, which is which was when I was at Salesforce, um, I would come up with my best creative ideas when meditating. And people in the Design to Be training know, know this story, but I would intentionally schedule um, my afternoon meditations before meetings with my manager, before big vision meetings. Um, wow. And I would come up and I was on this uh, like big vision project that was pretty high visibility. Um, and I would come up with my best creative ideas while meditating. And I was like, oh, wow, there's something here. Um, reason being, and made for folks who are listening to this who don't meditate, maybe they get their best ideas in the shower. Maybe they get their best ideas when on a long hike. Maybe they get their best ideas when working out or cooking. Um, or what, whatever it may be. The reason being is a lot of times when we're in the flow of work, whether it be in Figma or slides or even checking email, whatever it may be, um, our thoughts being like clouds are very dense. And the more that we can allow those to dissipate and create space, it allows new things to arise, uh, which are those really stellar, stellar, stellar ideas. Uh, that everyone has, that everyone has, but a lot of times our, we don't allow our mind to make the space for those to arise. Um, in terms of burnout, most, <laughs> I'd say most people who are listening uh, to this, they likely have a very high expectation for themselves for how they'll perform uh, career-wise, um, myself being, myself included. And a lot of times without checking in, uh, we allow our expectations um, to get in the way of our own well-being. Um, and so as a result, it does more harm than good. So if someone didn't check in, they could get caught in this cycle of, okay, giving 110% on the project, staying up super late, doing all-nighters. Um, and uh, it's not sustainable. It's, it's not um, and it, and I feel like so many people have maybe learned this the hard way, or they're still navigating this, uh, in, in some way. Um, but by checking in with the sensations of the body, your body's giving you feedback all day. It's like, Hey, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. Hey, listen to me. Like what it likes, what it doesn't like, right? Your body's telling you. Exactly. Exactly. Through, through uh, different sensations. Uh, so maybe you ate something and it really didn't agree with you um, and you feel really tired or you feel really bloated or whatever it may be. Um, for me, upon listening to my body in terms of food, um, progressed into me eating a, a vegan uh, diet. Um, and I never, I never asked for this. I, I like love cheeseburgers and I love bacon and like, I love mac and cheese and like all this stuff. Like I never want to eat like this, but it was slowly listening, uh, to my body. Um, but in terms of burnout in, in the workplace, if you don't listen to turn tune inwards, 
and listen to, okay, how am I actually doing? Am I really, really, really tired? Do I need to sleep in a little bit today? Or do I need to close my laptop and uh, go have fun, which is actually just as productive. Having that downtime is just as productive and just as necessary to fill up your cup so you can show up 100%. And, you know, you talked about listening to your body mm-hmm. and it's, it's such an amazing sensation because even though I love chocolate, there are some <laughs> days when I really like, I've, like, let's say I've had the whole week where I'm binging on chocolate. Suddenly one day my body's like, I think I'm good. I don't need any more chocolate. And I'm listening to this body. It's telling me, giving me like subtle signals, like what, what it likes, what it doesn't like. And I want to like take this a step further with one's career mm-hmm. as a designer you're working at a big company. Like you said, you're giving 110% every day, which is not sustainable. Yeah. And you might be on this path where because others are doing it or because that's what is supposed to be done, mm-hmm. like you got to get promoted to manager, become a design leader. Could it be that by listening to your body, you could also get some like career clarity? Like, hey, you know what? I don't think I really want to go into the, the people leadership side of things. Maybe I just want to be an individual contributor or maybe this is something else that I like doing. I'm just wondering your your take on that. Completely. Yeah. So tuning in, whether it be through um, like a Vipassana style meditation or journaling or uh, being aware of your breath or uh, having a morning affirmation or um, wh- whatever, whatever tuning in, having a video to yourself or an audio to yourself, whatever it, uh, kind of tuning in feels right for you. Um, it allows you, and specifically for, I'd really underline this for uh, meditation, it allows you to parse between um, what is your truth and what is the truth of others. Because oftentimes we mix that up and can't see clearly what, okay, but that's what we're supposed to do. That's what's written up in Forbes. That's what's Uh, that's what all these people who are getting highlighted in the all hands, that's what they're doing, whatever it may be. But upon tuning in with yourself of, okay, I actually really don't care about that. Or, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I want to dive more into that. Um, And noting that there's no right or wrong way of approaching your career. So I'd say one personal example um, is my childhood dream was to work at Google. Um, I remember the first time that I, I put something into the search bar and I was like, one day I'm going to work there. Um, and I applied many times, um, got denied. Um, and then when I was at Salesforce recruiter reached out to me, my interview process was nine months. Um, my God. Oh yeah. Um, and I did it. And I was so proud of myself. Um, and I was like, yeah, my dream. Woo. Um, and my experience at Google was incredible. Um, working on products that are of that scale and with people who are so insanely intelligent. Um, it was incredible. But what was even more interesting to me about my time at Google that was the most surprising that I know that I only could arrive at upon having this practice of tuning in with myself is my perceived dream 
my childhood dream actually led me to my purpose, which is creating design to be and inspiring and guiding people to grow their emotional intelligence, to increase their impact and find more meaning in what they do. Um, And to me, having that shift of expectation and releasing that expectation of like, no, I need to work at this big tech company and I've worked so hard and the interview process (laughs) was so long and all all this stuff. Um, But instead allowing that this shift for me personally to happen uh, has also been a very beautiful gift. So designers listening to this, if they want to share their own emotional intelligence story with you, Mm-hmm. their challenges or success stories, how can they uh, contact you or get in touch with you? What is the best way? Yeah. So it, one, follow design to be on all the socials. So design underscore to be. Um, and in the bio, at least currently for on Instagram and uh, Twitter, uh, you can find uh, my handle as well, Rachel D. Weissman. So feel free to send me a DM. Um, but also in the you go to the links for design to be, you'll see our Slack. Um, so I'm on Slack, so you can send me send me a Slack. But I love hearing stories of people in the community and folks who've uh, gone through the training and how things have shifted for them since starting to um, inflex this muscle. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm around if uh, you want to share your journey. Thank you so much for coming on your own show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Daniel, this was this was so fun. This was so fun. Um and thank you for uh taking the time to dive into these questions and um I guess one one question for for you. Um how have you seen since you did a Vipassana retreat as well? Um how have you seen any shift in your day-to-day in your uh, career um, since having that experience? This is going to sound so brutally painful for me to say this, but I was recently uh, with some friends. Uh, we were in, okay, you might have to help me pronounce this. Um, Fredericksburg. Oh my God, there's still some like words I can get it right. But I was in this like Fredericksburg town. It's like a German town out of Texas. Okay. A little okay. bit far away from Texas, and it's it's very much well known for wine tasting. And, and my buddies wanted to like do some wine tasting, and we're there. Yeah. And we're we're eating this um this pizza, and I'm like, hey, uh, so um, just want to ask you as a friend, man. Like, have you noticed any change in me? Like, do you you know me for like what is it like five six years now? And he's like, yeah, yeah, you were completely a self-centered dude when he first met. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's like, I, I like you as a friend, but you would not try anything different. Like you would just like, if, if you always want a cheese pizza. So like right now you're having this, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> anchovies, Mediterranean pizza. You would never do that in a lifetime. Like you don't even drink wine. You would never even come on this trip. Mm-hmm. But he's like, that thing you did, like, how was that, that, that we passed nothing, man. Like after that, like you've completely changed. And I think what happened for me was the best analogy you can give you is let's say you're lifting weights and you can only hit a certain level. Like it can only lift like 50 pounds. You can't go any further. So you got to get a trainer. You got to like take supplements, whatever the way you want to do it to go to the next level. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So in terms of one's emotional intelligence, at a certain point, you hit a barrier. No matter what the feedback is, no matter you know what you need to improve on, you can't go and improve it or go beyond that. Mm-hmm. And what happened was when I went to Vipassana, you know, I always wanted to be that person who was in the limelight, got all the attention, all about me. And the crazy thing is on the 11th or 12th day when we broke our silence where we can actually talk with people the last day, there's 30 to 40 guys in that room all shouting, just excited to talk. And I'm the last guy you would put money on to be at the back of the room, not even talking, just observing. Mm. I did not want to be for the first time in my life being in the limelight. Mm. Not really actually just just listen to people. And the biggest change I've seen in my personal relationships is that it's gone from this thing where let's go to this place because I want to go there to more of like Rachel and friends and everyone. Where do you all want to go? What is it that you want to do? Forget about me. So that that awareness mm-hmm. of like what's happening about me and not being oblivious in my own world, it has helped my um, personal relationships and journey so much. And since this is about a career as well, I've got more clarity like you're talking about because of Vipassana, because I also meditate daily, is I always wanted to get into people management, become a design leader. I remember when I worked at a company, the VP of design, like who wants to be a VP of design? And I'm like, me, me. <laughs> and now when I listen to my body, I realize the answer is different. Yeah. And I'm telling myself it's okay. That's so, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. Um, the what, one, one piece uh, that you said that really resonates um, was this shift of, I need to be right. And like, this needs to be about me um, to, okay, let's find out together. Um, and in the lens of career and in the lens of being a designer um collaboration is the the bread and butter of what of what we're doing whether whether you're at a tiny startup or a large organization um and shifting from this i me mine mentality to okay like okay i i've done this i've done this i've done this okay but what do you think about this um and like how could we figure this out together um, is such a shift <laughs> for one tapping into the collective intelligence of the people you're working with, uh, but also for like stakeholder buy-in and uh, being able to navigate a, an organization um, is also so 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 essential. It is, and just to like add one thing on that is like now when I collaborate with stakeholders, you know, a lot of times. The world-class designer, the best design is not on their priority. They have other technical debt and other things that they want to take care of first. So I don't get hurt by it now. Like I I understand like, hey, look, they are a product manager, an engineer. They have their own goals and things that they're working on through. So when we are in like collaborations about implementing a design, I'm just much more centered. I'm like, okay, I understand. Let me hear about what are your challenges. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made collaboration so much easier. There's no ego involved. Um, like, oh, my design didn't get implemented. You know, who are they? Like, they don't get design. I have the superpower of being a designer. So it's, I want to say that Vipassana, being mindful, um, tuning into myself has made collaboration 
much more easier for me. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Where can people find you on the the interwebs if they're eager to also check out your podcast too? Absolutely. Yeah, I would say I'm much more active on LinkedIn, I'm trying to be a little bit more active on Twitter. But the best way to reach out is uh, I want you to connect with me if you resonate with a lot of the things I'm putting out there. Um, so the f- best way to start would be checking out the Design MBA podcast, where I interview a lot of uh, designers who have side hustles, who are entrepreneurial nature, um, just like you. Um, so yeah, give it a listen and would love to hear your thoughts. Well, thank you so much, Daniel. This was, this was so fun. And, uh, thanks for being open to being a, a host on a different show. It was fun. To oh yeah. Have. I had a blast. I always wanted to do this. This is the first time yeah. I've done it. It's the first yeah. time. So it's like, it's amazing. I'm glad that we were able to put the pieces together that you also went on a Vipassana retreat and you were definitely the perfect person to, to bring in for this. So thank you. Absolutely. I had a blast. That wraps up another episode of Design to Be Conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you're curious for more ways to invest in your EQ, to be a more empowered, educated, and effective designer, head over to designtobe.com. That is D-E-S-I-G-N-T-O-B-E.com. You can take our design process EQ quiz or sign up for a newsletter to receive the latest design to be community building, live offerings, and self-inquiry guidance directly to your inbox. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you may listen. Be sure to share this podcast with a fellow designer who's interested in investing in their EQ. And again, thanks so much for listening.